Welcome to Real Christianity, a weekly show designed to help Christians know their Bible, defend their faith, and truly understand what it means to follow Jesus. The premise is simple. The culture is getting louder. The church is getting flashier, but few pastors are teaching on how to live a biblical life. My name is Dale Partridge, along with my incredible wife, Veronica. Join us as we start an important conversation about what it really means to be a Christian. Welcome to Real Christianity. Today we are talking about the first and greatest commandment. Guys, this is a verse that uh, many of you probably memorized as a child if you've been in the church for long, uh, but it's an important verse. It's an important verse to teach to your family, and it's something that I thought I would break down verse by verse today uh, in Matthew chapter 22. If you're a regular listener to the show, thank you for joining us. And we also would ask that you would leave a review. Those reviews, they really do help the exposure of this show. And man, we are so blessed by the over 5,000 reviews that have been left. Uh, They are so encouraging. Uh, If you have a review, uh, please leave one. We will read it. Uh, Thank you for those who have already left a review. Uh, Also, if you are uh, a married couple that is looking to strengthen your marriage, consider enrolling in our six-week biblical marriage mentor program at ultimatemarriage.com. It's a great program. You can do it in a small group or you guys can do it just as a couple. And we got six great videos with some workbook stuff that you can do each week. And it's a great walkthrough of learning the basics of biblical marriage. And so again, that's at ultimatemarriage.com. All right, guys, uh, we're going to talk about Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 through 40. I'm going to read them uh, in the ESV right now, and then we're going to just break down this verse a bit and have some perspective that might be edifying and helpful for you guys as Christians as you try to uh, learn more about the Lord and love him with all of your mind, which we'll talk about here shortly. All right, verses uh, 34 in chapter 22 of Matthew, it says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And uh, then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. He said, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Okay, powerful passage of scripture, something worth studying and having a uh, robust understanding. Um, The first thing I want you to do is to evaluate your own ability to keep these two commandments. Have you ever been able to love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind for longer than like a worshipful second? Have you ever loved a person, like another person, as well as you loved yourself? I mean, outside of some of those precious moments in life with maybe an infant, right? I think I speak for all of us when I say 
Unfortunately, no. Uh, we can't keep these commandments on a regular basis. And this shows us how great a need we have for the grace of God. We can't even keep the first and second commandments, right? Every time we choose sin or self, we break these two commandments. And sadly, that, that's quite common. And so this, this needs to demonstrate to you how great our need is for Christ, Without the forgiveness of sins through, you know, the perfect righteous and sacrifice of Christ, you and I would be doomed before a holy God, right? We are so utterly incapable of earning a righteous verdict before God. We can't even keep the first and second commandment. And that's for the most mature Christians on the planet, right? This is why every person must cast all of their trust in Christ and Christ alone, don't trust in yourself, in your own righteousness at all. You need to cr- trust in righteous, the righteousness of Christ. Uh, Paul David Tripp said a great quote. He said, You'll never celebrate grace as much as you should when you think you're more righteous than you actually are. In other words, if we're blind to how broken and sinful we truly are, the grace of God will not be as sweet as it actually is. So that's my first point. Like We need to revel in the grace of God, the saving power of Christ. We need, we need to let that overwhelming grace become the gratitude that fuels our desire to be obedient. Okay, now, so it's just something we need to comprehend how broken we are, how great the grace of Christ is, and the gratitude of that grace is the fuel by which we obey. Now, um, Again, because we we can't keep these commandments on a regular basis, uh, should we not strive to keep them at all? Like, should we not try to be obedient? Of course not, right? Jesus said many times in the gospel, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments, right? 1 Peter 1, 15 through 16 says, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Right? Obedience to God's commands is the evidence of those who truly love God. If you are obedient and you have a heart to love God and love others, that's the evidence that you're truly saved. Right? But I want to break down this verse a little bit more so we can have a healthy uh, theological understanding of the passage. Now, man, we could spend so much time. There's probably books that are written on just this verse, but... Uh, let's just have a, a brief overview, a deeper understanding of this passage, the first and greatest commandment, as well as the second. So again, Jesus says, the first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. So for me, I, I, I think of kind of a, a, a broader theological principle going on here. I think of 1 John 4.19 that says, we love because he first loved us. So I want you to just take that, just tuck it in your brain for a second. We love because he first loved us. First uh, John chapter 4, 7 through 8. So in the same chapter, he says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So ultimately, 
you know, it's only by the grace of God that we can even love God. In other words, like loving God is, is a recycling of the love God has given to us by spiritual regeneration. Now, can we do religious things without spiritual regeneration? Can we sing songs at church? Can we attend church? Can we read the Bible in the flesh without being regenerated? Sure. This is what religious zealots do. This is what the Pharisees did. But we can only love God, truly love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind if we have the Spirit of God, if we've been born again. But, um, you know, if we just look at the practical command here, I want to just look at that too. Uh, What is Jesus telling us that can love because we have love because we have Christ? Um, He's telling us to prioritize our love for God in every sense. That means uh, in your spiritual life, you put nothing before the one true God. Again, who we worship through Christ Jesus, the the one and only mediator between God and man, right? So in your physical or in your spiritual life, you have nothing before, before the one true God. In your emotional life, you put nothing above the one true God. In your physical life, you put nothing before the one true God. In your intellectual life, you put nothing before the one true God. And I want you to just take a moment and evaluate if that's true of your life. Obviously, it's not always going to be true, but how far off the mark are you? Um, is God the reigning focus of your life? Um, this isn't a passage just for pastors. This isn't a passage just for spiritual, mature people. This is for all who call on the name of Christ. This is for people who are calling themselves Christians, uh, are to prioritize God through you know, Christ in every aspect, in every faculty of their being. And are, are you putting Christ first in your thoughts, in your schedule? Is he being pursued first in your day, in your parenting? Is he is he present in the way that you parent your children in gentleness and in love? Are you showing your family Christ and that you are seeking him first? Are your relationships reflective of Christ? Is your reputation reflective of Christ because he is your reigning priority? And again, we don't prioritize Christ because we're afraid of being punished by God if we don't. That's not the motivation. We don't prioritize Christ because we think uh, he's going to love us more if we do. Uh, That's not the motivation. We prioritize God uh, in this way with all of our heart, soul, and mind as a reaction to the love that he first showed us. That is that he saved us while we were still sinners and made us new. He made us one of his own. That is the the cause, the motivation, the deep fuel, the drive behind why we do this. You need to search your heart and go, why am I trying to be obedient? Am I trying to be obedient because I want to earn my self-righteousness? You just got to go, hey, let go of your own self-righteousness. You, you, you'll never make it on your own self-righteousness. Don't worry about that. 
Christ already made you righteous through his righteousness. You don't need to be self-righteous. What you need to do is just allow the love of God, the grace of God on your life, be the fuel which which gets behind your life and, and motivates you, generates obedience because you love God and you're so grateful that he gave his life for you. So that's the first section. The next section I want to talk about is he, he says this verse that the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Um, so first, this passage supposes that humans love themselves. And we know this, uh, Ephesians 5 talks about this, right? Um, love your wives as you love yourself. Like nobody's ever hated his own flesh is what it says in Ephesians 5, right? The passage supposes or presupposes that that humans already love themselves. Uh, we know this because when we're hungry, you know what we do? We love ourselves so much that we feed ourselves. When we're cold, uh, we love ourselves so much that we put on a jacket. Uh, we love ourselves. Um, uh, you know, we don't need to be taught how to love ourselves. We need to be taught how to love others. And that's what this is really about. So ultimately, we, we need to apply that type of self-love to others. And basically, we need to follow Christ in his example of sacrificial love, um, not thinking of ourselves only, but also the needs of others, which is, I believe, Philippians. Um, he, he loved us more than he loved himself when he willingly, and what Hebrews said, says is joyfully, went to the cross. And so the bottom line is that between these two sections on this great commandment, number one and two, is that Jesus is saying, love God and love others. If you want to simplify it, like really simplify it, love God and love others. He closes with this one verse in chapter, uh, uh, verse 40. He says, on these two commands depend all the law and the prophets. So uh, the, the New King James would say, like on these two commands, hang all the law and the prophets. And so first notice that there's only two. Um, And to a Jewish community, um, he's he's responding to people who are trying to keep 613 laws. And so to simplify all of the law and the prophets on these two commands is really incredible and uh, very compelling for the audience that's that's there in the the moment of this text. Uh, But I want you to just notice something real quick as we get ready to close here. I want you to think about the Ten Commandments. And so uh, in the Ten Commandments, the first four, no other gods, no idols, don't take the Lord's name in vain, keep the Sabbath. Uh, Basically, those first four are love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Um, You're not going to have any other gods. Um, You're prioritizing him there. There's no idols in your life. Uh, You're not going to take the Lord's name in vain because you love him right? You're keeping the Sabbath holy, which could also apply to our benefit, but I threw it in this first category. Um, But then the last six, so those are the first four. So the first four are basically love God. Uh, The last six you're going to see are basically love others. And the last six are honor your parents, right? Your father and mother, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't bear false witness, don't covet. And these are, again, are basically love your neighbor as yourself. And so what Jesus is saying here is just giving a summary statement on the Ten Commandments. 
And so uh, I'll, I'll close with a statement that Augustine once made, I think that really hits the heart of what's being said here. And I think those of you who have had deep devotion with the Lord in prayer and the study of the word uh, can see yourself saying something like this. And my hope for you is that you all, through your maturity, uh, the Lord's sanctifying you and growing you, that you all get to a place where you can um, uh, produce this type of joy and love, resting in Christ's righteousness and still seeking out of gratitude to love the Lord your God with everything you have. So Augustine once said, There is a joy which is not given to the ungodly, but to those who love thee for thine own sake, whose joy thyself art. And this is the happy life, to rejoice to thee, of thee, for thee. This it is, and there is no other. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for the simplification of what uh, everything you stand for and everything you want of us is broken down in this simple verse. Father, we ask that you would impress this truth upon those who are listening. We ask, Father, that you would guide us uh, to understand the love that you have given us as we reflect it back to you. Father, we pray for uh, a growth of revelation and understanding of who you are. Lord, that we might love you and love others the way that you want us to. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Real Christianity. Real Christianity is an audio ministry of relearnchurch.org. If you'd like more information on how to live out a biblical life, relearnchurch.org hosts a variety of articles, podcasts, sermons, and videos to support your journey. Real Christianity is a 100% listener-supported ministry, and if you'd like to support our efforts, simply click the Donate tab at relearnchurch.org. You can also connect with both Veronica and I on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for daily lessons and Bible teachings. Thank you for being with us today. We hope to see you next Wednesday for another episode of Real Christianity.